the most important thing is to have a really professional header image. I'd say if you don't do anything else right, make sure you have a professional, very nice, crisp header image. It really makes the difference between somebody going uh, their amateur or their professional. Welcome to the Female Entrepreneur Musician Podcast with Bree Noble. Bree is a musician, entrepreneur, speaker, and founder of Women of Substance Music Radio and Podcast. Bree's interviews with successful female musicians and industry pros are both inspirational and informational. She also answers your questions about the music business. Bree is on a mission to help you create great music, connect with your fans, and grow your business, and to truly become a female entrepreneur musician. Hey, this is Brie Noble, and I am so happy you are listening to the Female Entrepreneur Musician Podcast, where we talk about making great music, connecting with your audience, and growing your business. And I know today's episode is going to help you do all three of those, especially the last two, connecting with your audience and growing your business, because I'm going to be talking with Allison Sharp from Banzoogle, my absolute favorite website provider for musicians. I'll tell you a little bit about Allison in a second. She's a perfect guest because not only does she work for Banzoogle, but she's also a singer herself. So she has experience like you guys of trying to make Make it in the music business. And along the way, she started using Banzoogle, fell in love with it, and ended up working for them. So we'll talk about all that in my interview. But first, I want to invite you to come to a special webinar that I'm doing with Allison of Banzoogle on January 31st, which if you're listening to this when it comes out, it is about four days from now. And we're going to do a website demolition derby, which is so fun because as long as everybody who's submitting their websites is game for getting a little constructive criticism. We're very, very constructive, I promise, and a lot less criticism. So Allison will help you figure out ways to optimize your website, ways that you're not using the features that they have, ways that you can make it a little more friendly for your fans to help them find all the things about you that you want them to see and not to be confusing or get lost. And so she has so much experience with this, which I'll explain in a minute, but I want to make sure that you guys come to this interactive workshop that we're doing on January 31st, 2017. So go Go ahead and sign up for that on the show notes page for this episode, which is found at femusician.com slash 072. That's femmusician.com slash 072. Go over there, sign up for the workshop so you can attend live and put in your name to get reviewed. They will review everyone's website that comes and asks for review. Even if we don't do it live, they will send you a review. So I think it's really, really valuable to get the expertise of someone who's looked at so many other artist websites and sees the pitfalls that you might be falling into. So if you do not have a Banzoogle website, that's totally fine. They'll still review it. But if you want to get a Banzoogle website, we'll be talking about this on the webinar too, but I want to let you know in case you can't make it, you can definitely go grab a free trial of Banzoogle to try it out for 30 days. And if you use my promo code, not only will you get the 
free trial for 30 days, but you'll get a discount if you decide to sign up. So all you need to do is go over to bandzoogle, Z-O-O-G-L-E.com and put in the promo code when you sign up, W-O-S-15. That stands for Women of Substance 15, W-O-S-15. Now, let me tell you a little bit about my guest. You're going to love this interview. It's so informative. You're going to learn so much about websites, why you need them, what they can do for you, all of that. This is information about Allison Sharp. Allison Sharp is a California native working for the past eight years as the education and events specialist for Banzoogle, a website builder for musicians by musicians. Allison hosts a weekly webinar, Website Demolition Derby, where she reviews musicians' websites live. To date, she's reviewed thousands of websites and knows what it takes to create a successful website for bands and artists in all genres. Allison's music industry blog posts have also been posted on top music sites like Sonic Bids and Hypebot. In addition to helping musicians, she's also a lifestyle and dating coach, blogger, and former R&B singer-songwriter. She loves coffee, cookies, and connecting on Instagram. Now here's my interview with Banzoogle's Allison Sharp. So that's a little bit of information about Allison Sharp. So Allison, I'd love to know how you got involved with music and working with Banzoogle. Well, thanks. And thanks for having me, Brie. I really appreciate Absolutely. it. Delighted to be here. Um, so I have had always wanted to be a singer ever since I was a little kid. And um, I think maybe around like age eight or so, I would always sing along with Olivia Newton-John. And I was just always excited to sing and be around uh, performing around my family and stuff like that. So um, as the years went on, I, you know, was in choir in high school and just different things like that. And then uh, when I graduated high school, I moved to L.A. and I was going to become a famous singer, <laughs> just like everybody else. Um, I thought at that time, I thought, well, I'm going to be the next Christina Aguilera. I'm going to make it so big. And I moved to L.A. and realized that that just that wasn't <laughs> going to happen. How long did it take you to realize that? I think I realized that within a year. And mm. um, side note or sidetrack, I um, ended up getting married um, wasn't really planning on having kids right away, but got pregnant and had my first son. Life went on. I had my second son and, you know, just, um, you know, was stuck working my nine to five. Uh, so a lot of years went by and I always had it in the back of my mind. I really need to get back and really need to get back into music. It just, you know, life just got in the way and it, it just took a lot of time to get back into it. And so, uh, you know, years went on, I ended up getting a divorce. Um, and so by the time my kids were a little bit older, I was like, you know what, I'm really going to do it this time. It's time to like really buckle down and like live my dreams. And so I, um, said, I'm going to make a CD. And so I did, I made a CD. And during that time I was dealing with a lot of, uh, flaky people. Um, it just kind of turned me off from the whole music industry. Um, and I realized, I made the CD and I was like, I don't think I want to do this anymore. Like my life's dream was to do this, but I didn't, I really didn't want to do it as a career. Mm. Um, but during that time, um, I had taken off a year to, you know, write and record and everything. Um, and I needed money. And so I, I and I created my website with Banzoogle. 
um, just as an artist as I was making my CD and I noticed they had an opening for part-time support. And so I applied and I got the part-time um, support job, finished my CD. And I actually felt super fulfilled with just completing that CD. It was almost like a coming of age. Like I, I finally did it, but I didn't feel the need to pursue music as a career. But by working with Ben Zugel, it kept me in the vein of music and around musicians. So I feel like it, it, it all worked out for me in the end because I was really happy to stay in, in the music scene, but not have to be performing or leaving my kids or doing the things that's necessary to be like a successful musician. I totally get that. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I know exactly how you feel because I had that like massive drive I have to do this thing. I have to do this thing for like 10 years while I was working in corporate. And it's like, it's like once I did it and I only did it for probably three years before I felt like, you know what, I've done this. Like, yeah. And then I, 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 it's like this, this, this deep yearning that was within me that was like all consuming Mm -hmm. got finally dealt with. And I was like, okay, now I can think clearly about this thing and how can I, you know, pursue music in a different way where I'm not feeling like I'm all consumed by this need to, you know, whatever this need we have to to be famous, to legitimize ourselves, to, you know, have a physical product. I don't know what it is, Mm -hmm. yeah. (laughs) but you know, I definitely know that feeling. And I know a lot of people that are listening to this show are maybe in that feeling right now and it's totally okay. Like I, we've all, a lot of us have been through that. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And, you know, you just see where that leads you. And it may lead you to having a full-time career and being completely fulfilled with that. It may lead you to, you know, finding like it did with Allison, where she just kind of was in this place where she was doing this thing. And then she happened upon this job and it ended up being like the perfect thing for where she was. So exactly. you never know. You never know where that's going to lead you. So how long ago was that? How long have you worked with Van Zugel? I am. I started that in about 2008. So I'm going in, this is my ninth year. And so wow. what started out as a, you know what, I just need to make a little extra money while I'm working on my album turned into this full-time basically career, um, with the same company. Um, and I started out, um, you know, working in the support, um, support side, tech support. Um, but since we're such a small team and we all work remotely, you know, we all wear a lot of hats. So basically I've been there like this, like I said, this is my ninth year. And so I do a lot of different things, blogging, social media conferences, the webinars. Um, so there's, there's a lot that goes into it. That's really cool. So I have to ask you before we move on, like, how did you take a year off to make your CD? How did you make that happen? (laughs) Interestingly enough, um, before that I was working for an architecture firm and, um, the CFO, she, we became friends and she really believed in my music and she's like, I'll support you for a year. She's like, I believe in, I believe in your music that much. And I was like, I don't even know if I believe in my music that much, but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I, I, I really felt honored and, and blessed to be able to do that. And so, you know, it was an investment on her side. Um, and, but, you know, at the same time, I, you know, I also felt like I needed to contribute. So that's why I also worked to, you know, part-time just to, you know, make sure I was taking care of myself and I was a single mom. So I had to take care of my kids, of course. Uh, so, yeah, so I, I felt super blessed, um, to be able to do that and finish the CD and stuff. That's a serious super fan. Wow. Yeah. I, yeah, it, it really was. It truly, truly was. That's really cool. 
So I'd love to know a little bit about Banzoogle. Like when did the company form? I remember kind of seeing them sneak onto the scene. Like I, I was just suddenly aware of them. Uh, friends of mine started sending me like, oh, I'm get, I've just got my site through Banzoogle. And they were saying they could, you know, get me like a, a deal through them or, you know, like a referral or whatever to kind of get the word out about Banzoogle. How did Banzoogle start? Mm-hmm. And, you know, when was that? So it's it's kind of one of those stories where it's like they're an overnight success, but it, it's never overnight. Um, so basically the founder, Chris Vinson, um, uh, he was working at a label. Um, this is many years back. And he was creating websites for bands and musicians. Um, I think along the way he noticed he was doing the same steps for everyone he was building the same types of websites, the same type of uh, templates. And he thought, you know, automating this would really make it easy, not only for himself, but for bands and, you know, to make it easy for them to keep it updated. So they they wouldn't have to come back every time to ask him to do the same repetitive things that he was doing for all the different bands. So because about 2003, he decided to create Banzoogle. Um, and he definitely had the right idea because we're, we're just about to approach 30,000 members um, wow. yeah. So, um, so a lot of people are like, Oh, where'd you guys come from? Um, but, you know, we're proud to say like we've been around since 2003 and, you know, we're just still chugging along doing great and always continuing to, to improve and add new features. So it's, it's a real success story and it was a really great beginning. And also on a side note, we're pretty much all musicians or former musicians or married to musicians, or we all have something to do with music. And so I think that's what makes Banzoogle successful is that we all get what musicians and artists are trying to do. And we always, we always think in the vein of how can we make this better or easier for musicians as they're touring or writing or performing. I love that. That makes, that makes total sense. And you know, my dealings with the company, I've felt that way. Like you guys really get musicians and it's interesting because this totally reminds me of how host, how CD baby got started. You know, Derek was like, you know, putting these CDs for sale up <laughs> and then, you know, he was, yeah. then he was doing more and his friends were asking him for more. And he's like, you know, I'm doing the same thing like over and over again. I should systematize this. Mm-hmm. And that's how that's how great ideas are born, really. Yeah. So I think that's, you know, it's really cool how they started. And I think I became aware of Banzoogle in maybe 2005, trying to remember. But um, yeah, it's now you guys are, you know, everybody has heard of you, mm-hmm. which is really cool. So let me ask you, why do you think in 2017, why does a musician need a website when you can have, you know, social media presence and you know, do you think that that's really still very important for musicians? Um, of course. I mean, and not just because I'm with Banzoogle, but um, honestly, I'd say the biggest reason is distractions. Like if you go on any social media today, you're going to see cat videos, pictures of babies, politics, ads. There's there's so many distractions and it's so easy for somebody to say, for example, say, I love this artist. I want to follow them on social media. They start following you and then they're like, oh, oh, look at this. There's a picture of someone's cute baby. And then they're on their (laughs) website and they're down the rabbit hole. And it's social media is great. It's really great. It, but it it goes hand in hand with your website. And so having your own website, it, it allows you to kind of have a place of your own on the internet. That's not distracted by everybody else or everything else. Um, also, you know, you can make it your own so you can style it like 
you know, to your brand, your colors, the way that you talk, the way that, you know, you are like whatever it is that you want to make it, you can make it your own. And then I'd say the other thing is, um, you know, we all kind of take a lesson from MySpace. unfortunately, like, mm-hmm. you know, back in the day, we were all like super excited about, you know, I have this many friends and followers. And then it, it went downhill and people were jumping ship and you're like, wait, don't leave without me getting your information, but they were gone. And so, uh, you know, when you have your own website, it's, you know, it allows you to kind to kind of keep in touch with the fans that you've already made because, you know, you're going to maintain your own website. And so you get to, you know, keep all the the fans like with their mailing list, uh, with their email addresses and things like that. Yeah. So true. I mean, when you're on other people's real estate, you never know what's going to happen. Like, you you know, if you have a Facebook page, you could have that shut down for some reason. Mm -hmm. If you made a mistake in something that you did or did an ad that they didn't like, or, you know, like you, you need to have control. Yeah over your place on the web. And that's the main reason that I tell artists. And also, you know, I think it's really important to have your own domain. Mm-hmm, definitely. So people can find you. Yes. You know. Yeah, that makes it a lot easier. So how? what's the best way to use then a website in concert with social media to, you know, kind of really harness the power of social media, but then drive them to your website so you can then capture their information? Yeah. Um, So the biggest thing is sharing, you know, sharing is caring, you know, so you always want to continually share, share, um, you know, share the things that you're doing in your music, share the things that you've added on your website. Um, you know, with social media, you know, basically it's all about building relationships. It's not about, you know, forcing your music down somebody's throat. It's about sharing what, sharing things that your fans like, not only your music, but things that they like that are similar to your music. Um, so you have a website, you want to get people to your website, but the way to do that is to kind of lead them towards you and your music and the things that you're talking about on your website. So if you have a blog post, for example, you know, you would, you know, talk about whatever the topic is and you'd get, you know, maybe show a little snippet of the blog and then you get them to your website so that they can, you know, see what, what else is going on. So we, you know, we have a sharing tool, for example, you share your blog post and then, um, they click on the link and it takes them to the full post post on your website. So that's the way that you can use social media is by kind of creating those relationships and then kind of leading them back to your website so that you can, you know, stay in contact with them through, um, your mailing list, um, and different things like that. Do you find that musicians are a little behind in using blogs? Because I, I find that, you know, everybody and their brother has a blog, but when I mention it to musicians, they don't really see why they would ha- use a blog or how they would use it. And, you know, they don't, I don't know, they just, it hadn't occurred to them. It's actually so true. I mean, that that is actually so true. I Even on the webinars that I do, we talk about blogging. Um, obviously the number one rule is if you're going to blog, um, stay consistent, you know, people, people want to come to your site and know that they're going to see updated news But blogging is such an excellent way to engage with your fans. So for example, you write a blog post, you get them to your site and there's, you know, the area where they can make comments and they can interact with, you know, what you said, they can put their opinions, they can interact with other people. Um, and then it, it's just a great way to stay in touch with your fans. It, if you think of it this way, like as a musician, 
you know what you do. You know, you know, you're great at writing or you're great at singing or you're great at whatever you're great at. But there's so many people, so many people that wish that they had a great voice or so many people that wish they were talented. And so you're giving them a sneak peek into your life to say, wow, like, I really wish I could do that. And so they are kind of living vicariously through you. And when you don't, you know, share the little things, even the good and the bad, they don't really get a chance to see what it's like to be a musician. So that's why I say blogging is a great way. It doesn't have to be like, a, you know, you know, 5,000 word blog. It can be short updates. It can be like, this is what happened to me on the road today. Um, there's so many things that you can blog about. And I think blogging is definitely underutilized when it comes to musicians. And I think it's one of the number one things that you can do to keep your fans engaged. For sure. I think we live in this bubble where we think like, oh, everybody can write a song <laughs> or, you know, everybody like, you know, goes on tour and, you know, has these experiences. You know, we need to realize that what we do is unique mm -hmm. and people are interested in it. Mm -hmm. And I think we, we think, oh, no, nobody would be interested in hearing a story from a show I did last night. Mm -hmm. They totally would. Yeah. You know, so and. So what do you think about, I always like, at least on my blog, but you know, I, this is for my own, the female entrepreneur musician versus a, a musician's website. But I always try to have some kind of call to action on my blog, mm -hmm. because if I got them there, I want them to do something, you know, I want them to read it, but then maybe I could, you know, write a blog about how I came up with a particular song and then maybe I could send them to, you know, go listen to that song or purchase that song. What do you think about using a blog to get people to take some kind of action, even if it's just sign up for your email list? Oh, yeah, definitely. I think anytime that you can use, you know, any tool, but, you know, especially blogging, um, you know, I think that's a great way to get them to your site. And then also, I mean, once they're there and they're engaged, you know, if you have a call to action, like a mailing with sign up form, you know, that way they can sign up to your list. And then on top of the blog, you can start sending out uh, newsletters or, you know, different things um, in terms of, you know, you know, signing up to hear some of the different things through, through email. So you don't think you, you hear sometimes these days, oh, email is dead. Mm -hmm. You know, what do you think about that? Do you think people are still reading newsletters from musicians? I think they are. I think it does need to be interesting. I, I, I would definitely shy away from sending newsletters that are only related to buying your music or, um, you know, check out this new song. I think it really needs to, um, if you're going to send a newsletter, I think it needs to be thought out a little bit. Um, it doesn't have to be extensive or it doesn't have to be every day. Um, but I think, you know, once a week at the very, uh, least I'd say once a month, um, there was a study back in like 2013. I wish they would do another one just to see where we are with that. But the study was that email is still 40% more effective, uh, more effective way to acquire customers than through Facebook and Twitter combined. So you think about that's a, that's a huge number um, that people are still using email. It still works. And you notice on every website that you see that people are still collecting email addresses. And I think it's because again, there's not as many distractions. I mean, there's a lot of distraction in your email inbox, depending on how many things you subscribe to. Um, but I think if you are writing in the vein of what your fans want to hear, they're more likely to open that and read it in their, you know, quiet moments than if they're on social media and they're going to be like jumping around all over the place. 
Yeah, no, I agree. And I always tell my Academy members, number one, I tell, I tell them that, you know, how often you need to send an email, I think is based more upon how big your list is. Like if you have a very small list, don't feel like you have to send an email every week. You can do it every other week or when something important happens. And like you said, make sure to at least contact them once a month so they don't forget who you are. Mm -hmm. But I also think that it's good not to send such long newsletters. Like, you know, some artists, they send a newsletter out at the beginning of every month and it is like so long that I'm like, okay, I don't know which thing on here I should pay attention to. And, you know, I don't think I can get through all this. So I'll probably just, you know, leave it in my inbox and then it will get lost. Mm -hmm. So I kind of encourage them to send, you know, shorter newsletters with a particular call to action, you know, like something about a particular show that's coming up Mm -hmm. or something about, you know, go watch this video from the studio or, you know, what, what do you think about that? I hundred percent agree. I think because there's, we're, we're like in this age of information overload, Mm -hmm. uh, even if they love you, you know, there's people that I follow or get newsletters. I love them, but I'm like, I just don't have the time to read this whole thing. So, um, kind of giving a summary of what you want to talk about. And I'd say like, keep it to two or three tips, if you will, or news items, or if you just want to announce your show, um, I'd say, keep it short and sweet. And, um, always, always, always think about your fans and what are they getting out of it? You know, what, what do they want to hear about? It's not so much what you want to tell them. It's what, mm-hmm. what they want to hear, what they want to consume. So true. Cause so many times we're so excited about something but like, would our fans really be excited about this thing, mm-hmm. you know, and how can we make it exciting? Yes. To them? Mm-hmm. So do you have any ideas? Cause I've, I noticed with my, my Academy members, a lot of times they struggle about what to write about either in their blog or in their newsletter, especially if there's not anything major going on in their career right now, they're, they're in a lull or they're just kind of you know, performing at local shows and they don't have a new album out. Do you have any suggestions of things that they could write about? Oh yeah, totally. Like, well, I think the first thing is, you know, I know it's people always say this, but I'd say to always have something to, you know, keep your ideas. Um, like you can even type it a little note section in your phone. You can carry a little notepad. I think because during the times when you don't have stuff to talk about, then you would have something to talk about. Um, but I'd say bigger than that, I, I would say, um, there's a little technique that, you know, sometimes I use if I get stuck on on blogs or different things is that, you know, break it down first into broad categories. So I'll give you an example. So three big, huge categories would be performing, writing and recording. OK, so let's just take one of those, which would be performing. So then you break that down. So performing, you know, what can you talk about? OK, you can talk about the best performance you ever had, the worst or most embarrassing performance you ever had or the time you had to approach a popular venue and you were nervous or tales of the tour bus or crowd interaction. I mean, there's, there's so many things within that one topic of performing that you could just keep breaking it down. Oh yeah. Or a cool interaction you had with one of your heroes or something when, you know, if you opened for somebody that was really cool. Yeah. That's a great one. And also, um, so even within that, um, it's always best to intertwine personal information. I mean, you can share as much as you're comfortable with, but people want to know that you're a person, you know, they want to see the, like the luxuries of being an artist, but they also want to know, like, you know, sometimes I sit at home and I have nothing to do or I can't write and you can make that comical. I mean, there's a lot of things that you can do to, you know, help people to relate to you as an individual and as an artist. 
And then I'd say the other thing is, and I know you do this with your Academy members is to ask, ask your fans, what do you want to hear about? What, what are the things, you know, that you'd like to know about me or about my music or, you know, anything you can just ask, ask your fans what they want to hear about. Yeah. I actually find it interesting when artists talk about their personal life, if they're willing to, you know, their, their family, like, Oh, you know, Oh my gosh, their kid is already one. Like it (laughs) seems like they were just born, you know? And I love hearing about that and being reminded of, you know, that they're real people too. And, you know, they, you know, they, maybe they had an experience where, you know, their kid threw up all over them (laughs) or whatever, you know, it's like, it makes them relatable. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah, it really does. I mean, just like you said, it's like, hearing that story, you're like, that's happened to me before. Like, uh-huh. I know how that is, you know? And then it makes them want to follow you more because you kind of fall in love with their personality. Like, oh, I love that artist and they're really cool, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Don't be afraid to share that stuff. It's being authentic. I think that's, I don't know, that's, that's the new cool to yep. me anyway, because that's what I like. Me too. Me too. <laughs> so, you know, I've, a lot of artists are thinking, you know, once they set up a website, that, you know, all of a sudden they're just going to get all this like search traffic from Google, you know? So what's your take on that? Like, how can you actually, is there a way to capitalize on that? Are people only going to find you if they search for your name specifically? So SEO, which is search engine optimization is, it's like such a huge topic. I mean, we could spend hours on it. Um, I'd say that um, it's definitely something that anyone with a website should be, um, thinking about. Um, there's a lot of simple things you can do. Um, but as you mentioned, you know, once you set up a website, it's, it's not like people are just going to automatically just find you. Um, there's so many different things that I want to talk about with this, but, um, for example, one of the things is you have to think about, do you have a common name? I mean, if your name is, you know, James Brown, probably not going to show up in the first, you know, page or five pages of Google, but, but if your name is Brie Noble, it just might, right? Exactly. (laughs) I mean, there's, there's a lot of artists that have, you know, regular names and you'll most likely be first on the first page of Google. You don't have to try that hard. Um, but just getting on the first page of Google isn't, isn't all there is. Um, so there's different things like you're going to want to, you know, sprinkle keywords, into your content. Like in the past, you know, years ago, people would just, you know, paste a bunch of keywords in, in the back end and think people are going to find them. But Google, Google is smarter than that. You know, they'll penalize you if you do that. So, oh yeah, they're so smart oh, now. Yeah. It, and so you, so you'll want to sprinkle in keywords about who you are, what your music is, you know, um, who you sound like, what your music is like, what genres, and you sprinkle that throughout your, you know, your text on your actual website. So when Google is searching your website, you know, they'll pull those keywords. Another thing is uh, lyrics. Um, you should definitely have, you know, a page or sub page um, of lyrics. So when people are searching for specific lyrics, that's like a huge search um, on Google. Um, if you have that type of lyric, like, you know, love songs, and they specifically talk about, you know, broken hearts or something, um, you know, the more you have of that, you know, you might get listed in search engine results for that. So people will discover you that way. Um I would recommend, um, so that we're not like long winded on this specific, just only being on this topic. Um, we have, um, a team member, Wes Walls, he's the head of our growth marketing and he wrote this fantastic six part series on SEO. Um, it's on the Banzoogle blog. Um, 
Yeah, I'll make sure to link yeah. to that in the show notes too for this episode. Yeah, I would definitely start there as a musician. Um, he has so much re- research involved in that, and um, he knows his stuff. Like he's he's super amazing with the SEO stuff, especially dedicated to musicians. And he, we're actually going to be, he's actually going to be releasing an ebook based on that um, blog series, um, and then a little bit more involved as in to that as well. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll send you the link to that, but, um, there's a lot of little things that you can do, um, to be found in search engine results. Cool. Yeah. I, and I was thinking too, also making sure to mention like where you're from mm-hmm. and where you're originally from and where you're from now, you know, sometimes people search like songwriters in Philadelphia, you know, or something like that. Cause they're trying to find people. Exactly. So yeah, just think about the things that people might be searching for. Yeah, even for collaborations. I mean, there's, there's lots of different, um, not just for fans, but for, you know, you know, media professionals looking for certain types of artists, collaborations and things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That totally makes sense. So, you know, for, for my Academy members, cause I always recommend Banzoogle. I went ahead and set up a very basic site for my, my own music mm-hmm. and, you know, I didn't have to, I had like about an hour to set it up. So it was amazing. And that was another thing I could tell them like, oh my gosh, it only took me an hour. And I set up this site and look, it's got all these pages and I've got my albums up there and everything. So, you know, that was a cool like case study, Mm -hmm. but I realized, and I always tell my, my students, like, just make sure and get it started. Mm -hmm. Like, don't get all, you know, hung up on, I need (laughs) this and I need that and these bells and whistles and everything. And they can get it set up really quickly. But then I realized, you know, I'm now, I know we're probably not taking advantage of so many amazing things that are available through Banzoogle that we haven't thought of. So I have a couple of questions to pull those out of you. Cause I know, you know, all the ins <laughs> and outs. So, you know, what are like the best little known features of Banzoogle that we might not have used? Um, so the little known features, I would say, uh, well, one of the biggies is, um, because we just recently released this, so that's probably why it's little known is we just released video headers. Um, oh yeah, I saw that came out. That's so cool. fun. Like, I think in the beginning, to be honest, I was like, Oh God, that's going to be weird. And that's going to mm-hmm. be like a lot of distractions, but the way that our members have used video headers, it looks so cool. And I mean, when you see people like performing in the video, there's no sound. So it just kind of, it, it just really makes like a little bit of emotion on the page. Um, it's, it just really looks nice. So I would definitely check out video headers. I'd say, um, it's a big feature, but I don't, I think it's underutilized as our theme editor. Um, I think a year ago or so we revamped it and there's so many controls, um, so that you can change layouts and fonts and colors. And so if you choose one of our themes, our, like our stock themes, you can literally make it so it doesn't really look like anybody else's because we have so many different controls now. And we're also releasing a new theme every month. So, you know, the theme editor really makes it so that you can kind of customize to your liking. Um, I'd say the third little known feature is ticket sales. Um, you can sell tickets to your show. I did not even realize yeah, that. Wow. It's awesome because... You can, instead of using like some of the bigger, you know, Ticketmaster or something like that, they charge fees and not even just, I mean, they charge the fees that the fans have to pay. It's like, I know for myself, sometimes I don't buy tickets to concerts because of the high fees. Um, yeah. So if you sell tickets from your website through Banzoogle, you know, you sell the ticket, you know, it's commission free. And so um, you as the artist will get a printout of your attendees list. So you can give that to the 
venue door person. And the person, the the um the fan will get a printed, they can print their tickets. So it's that is so cool. No, I had no idea. And that all works through PayPal just like album sales. Yes, yes. So okay. it's super easy. Um and then the the fourth and fifth little known feature, they're kind of kind of go hand in hand is um discount codes and sale pricing. So you can say, you know, like for the holidays, you know, Santa. 2016 and, you know, enter that and you'll get 15% off. Um, so you can do discount codes for your, you know, albums or merch and then sale pricing is similar. And in the sense that you can, you know, say, you know, this was $10 and now it's on sale for $5. So those are some little note features. Those are, those features are on our pro plan. So you would definitely want to check that out. Yeah, I use those at Christmas time to put my holiday album on sale. I put it right on the front page, like before you even go to the website. Yeah. And it said, you know, like usually this much and then it's crossed out and it has the new amount. Mm -hmm. And it was very cool. Yeah. So now I asked for the, I probably should have asked for the big <laughs> features first, but I asked for the little known because I was really interested in that. Yeah. But what are some other like really big features that you love about Banzoogle that we haven't mentioned yet? Okay. So I'd say for myself, just my favorites, um, I'd say the first one is because, um, you can sell commission free. So there's a lot of websites, um, you know, that charge a fee, like every time you want to sell your music or sell merch, they take a portion of that. And so with Banzoogle, it was decided from the very beginning that we would not do that. We would allow the fan, I mean, the uh, artist to keep all their money. I mean, it's their music, it's their merch. So, um, so with Banzoogle, you can sell anything you want and we don't take a cut of any of those sales. Um, I'd say the next one for me would be our mailing list, just because with a lot of other website providers, that's something separate that you have to add. Um, and so right. ours is built in so you can easily design your website and send newsletters out to your fans um, right from the same place. And it's included. So it's not something extra you have to purchase. And some of these mailing list companies, although they're great and robust and have a lot of bells and whistles, they cost a lot of money when you start accumulating a lot of fans. And they charge you for, yeah, your number of subscribers. Yeah. So it's kind of like you're being penalized for becoming popular. So that's true. So I think that's, that's why that's one of my favorites. Um, we're also revamping that. We're going to be adding a lot more functionality in this year. Yes, I'm waiting for you guys yeah. to have your autoresponders. Yeah. You know, I've requested that one. Yeah, there's a lot of things like we looked at it and we're like, okay, what do people really want? So that's that's coming soon. We'll be, you know, pumping that up. So that'll be nice. Um, I'd say number three is um, a lot of people use it and a lot of people don't is our site-wide music player. That's the player that's it's at the bottom of your site. It's a long uh, rectangular bar. Yeah. My students love that. Yes. I love it because basically the song continues to play as you navigate through the, the different pages on the website. Um, it's just nice like having background music as you're like surfing the internet and it's, it's your music. So you're kind of getting it into their ears. And so I love when people have the site-wide music player. Um, I'd say the fourth one is, uh, I don't know if a lot of people might not know this, but, um, you know, we give you a free domain name and not only do we allow you to register one, but we renew it for you at no cost every year. Um, and we maintain it. So you don't have to worry about it every year that, you know, that's so what if you already have a domain name, like with GoDaddy, can you transfer it over to you guys yeah. handling mm -hmm. it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You can definitely use an existing domain. A lot of people already have their, their domain set up so you can use that and you can transfer it over so that we'll take over you know, maintaining it and making sure it gets renewed every year. 
And then, um, of course, you know, the, you know, my heart is for the support team. I think that's not like a technical feature, but it's, it is probably one of the best features of Banzoogle is our support team. Um, we're a small team, but we're small, but mighty. That's what I always <laughs> say is that we really do care all the people on the support team. I mean, pretty much all the Banzoogle team is awesome, but the support team, we really give it our all and, you know, make sure that everyone gets their questions answered. And we really do want to see people succeed. So, you know, one thing that, well, first I want to say, absolutely. The customer service, I always tell everybody is great. And I know you guys have a chat feature, right? So if you're like having an issue right at that moment, you can chat with someone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We have live chat seven days a week. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's dedication. So there's, there's I love that. Always pretty much always someone around to, you know, even for the, the like little minor things, you're like, I'm not going to bug somebody over this, but you really, you should, because it's the little, it's those little things that drive you crazy. And that sometimes mm-hmm. makes you decide I don't want a website. And so that's why we're there. You know, we're there to say, no, it's, it's easy. Let me help you. Yeah. I love it. So I want to mention one of my favorite features and that is being able to send somebody a free download link. Mm, yeah. So you can do several things with this. You could, you know, set it up. So when people sign up for your email list, they automatically get a free download link of something. But one thing I've been doing is sending it out as appreciation to people. Like someone has me on their podcast, someone does something for me. I really appreciate. I'll just send. you can send it directly from there. Mm And you just, you know, send them a little note that says, you know, I really appreciate you. I wanted to give you this, you know, free gift and it, and it says, you know, here's your free download. And it just, you can give them a whole album. It will send it to them in a zip format, or you can just send individual MP3s. And you can use that as well if you are trying to, you know, send MP3s to someone for, you know, say they asked for your music for some reason. Mm-hmm. They want to feature you in some way. It's a really easy way to send them the MP3s versus, you know, attaching them to an email. Yeah, def- I love that. Yeah, that is one of the the best features, you know, um, along those lines, uh, with our mailing list signup form, you can also, um, like if someone signs up to your mailing list, you can set it to where they'll get, you can give a free album or, or a single, um, in exchange. So it's kind of like an incentive, like you're saying, it's kind of, um, a way to say, thank you for signing up to my list. Or like you had mentioned, you can, you know, do what you're doing and, and sending link afterwards, like, thanks for having me on this or, or, you know, thanks to the venue or something like that. Yes. It's very cool. Is there any rule of thumb of what to put on your front page? I feel like my Academy members struggle of like, I want everyone to see everything on my (laughs) front page, but then it looks cluttered, but I'm afraid if they don't see it on the front page, they won't see it. You know? So what do you think is the best kind of layout in, you know, for the front page? Should you have videos on the front page? Should you have blogs on the front page? So there is kind of a rule of thumb. Uh, so I'd say the most important thing is to have a really professional header image. I'd say if you don't do anything else right, make sure you have a professional, very nice, crisp header image. It really makes the difference between somebody going, uh, they're amateur or they're professional. You definitely want to have the call to action. And the number one call to action um, is a mailing list signup form. Um, a call to action is the one thing that you want somebody to do once they hit your site. So that could be a mailing the sign up form or it could be a video. Um, if you're going to add videos, I'd say add one to the homepage and then have a dedicated videos page. Um, so if you think about the homepage, it's more of like an at a glance. So you 
you can do little teaser content. Like for example, you'll want a great header image, the mailing the sign up form, a, a short welcome message, like uh, with one or two lines, like who you are, what your genre is and where you're from. Um, if you want to have a blog, you'll put like one or two and, you know, call it latest news. Uh, and then if you have upcoming events, add one or two, if you have music, one or two social media, you can always add social media icons, but if you do that, add at the most three or four, but only use the ones that you really use. So I'm sure you can kind of get the message here is that you're going to want to put like one or two of whatever you want to put. So you're not going to want to put like every song that you own on the homepage or every video that you have on the homepage. It's basically a little snippet of everything, which kind of entices people to want to know more and they'll know more as they go through your pages. And can those be pulled in from other areas? Like I can put all my stuff on the blog and then I can say show, you know, this on the one of one of the posts on the front page. Um, you can do that. It's a little bit more tricky um, in our blog feature, but you can definitely do it. Yeah, you can do that. Okay, mm -hmm. cool. So I would love to give some people some sites to actually go look at that they can see like kind of the best uses of Banzoogle. Do you have any particular artist sites that people can go to? Maybe three examples or something of people that you think are really using all, you know, all the best features of Banzoogle. Yeah, Um well, I'd say the first place that to start would be if you go to banzoogle.com and go to the examples page, we have, you know, we have several um, different websites to kind of showcase different styles. But I'd say um, for my own personal, just ones that I prefer or ones I love, the first one is delaneygibson.com. Um, she's actually one of my friends as well, but um, I love, really love what she's done with her Banzooka website. It's, it's elegant and it shows off her music. Um, it's, it's really lovely. Um, she's clearly really good with Banzoogle cause she's actually helping one of my Academy members put, you know, set up her Banzoogle site. Yeah. She's, she's a really great asset to Banzoogle in terms of like, she's a big fan. Um, she also does, um, you know, website help. So like you can hire her to help design your Banzoogle site if you're just too busy or if you want like a more designed look. Even though Banzoogle is easy, you, anyone can put together a great website. If you want something like to the next level, um, she also, you know, is somebody that we refer to our members if they ask. Um, but yeah, she's, she does great work and her site is really, really nice. Another one um, is, uh, let's see, uh, Laura Marie Music. She's got a really lovely site as well. Um, I picked all women websites. I'm like, I know all these people. <laughs> yeah. Like, I've played all their music. Cool. Yeah. Um, there's another one, um, ChelseaRiversMusic.com. Um, her site is really nice, and she's actually a really talented singer as well. And I think one last one I'd say, because I love her header image, it's... Um, Jenny's music project.com. It's J E N N Y S music project.com. Um, and I can give you all these links if you want to link to them. Yeah. I'll put it um, for sure. yeah, that's, she has a really, really pretty site. It's, it looks really nice and, um, set up really well. Um, so those are a few that I would definitely recommend checking out. Cool. Well, if you guys are listening to this in real time and not after the fact, um, we are doing actually a webinar together to talk about like the best practices and also to go over some people's websites and help them, you know, really optimize and use Banzoogle 
to the best of its ability. So we are doing this on the 31st of January and I'd love for you guys to come. So I'm going to put a sign up in the, um, show notes for this, this podcast. And then I'm also going to make that available at femmusician.com slash webinar. So you can go and sign up right there. And when you come to the webinar, you can put your name in and we'll, you know, um, Allison will look over your site and give you some suggestions. So, I mean, nothing better than <laughs> like actual personalized help. That's what I say. Yeah. And, you know, we'll be talking about this more on the webinar as far as how you can get in and get your site with Banzoogle because they do have a free trial. But if you want to go jump in there now, you can go use a code that I have that will give you a 30 day free trial. Plus it will give you a discount if you decide to sign up. And that would be WOS 15. That's the code WOS 15. And we'll put a link to that and, you know, information on that in the show notes as well. So it has been so great to get all this specific help from you, Allison. I really appreciate it. And you broke things down in, you know, really easy to understand ways, even the SEO stuff. So I appreciate all of your expertise in this area and your nine years of experience. Thank you. Thank you so much. I, I loved being on your show. Thank you so much. Now go out and make great music, connect with your fans and grow your business. Female Entrepreneur Musician has been brought to you by femusician.com and femalemusicianacademy.com. With editing by Jen Eads of 317 Sound Design and music by Stella Ronson.